Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And a very pleasant good Saturday afternoon to everybody. Harry Alexander with you on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And over on the other side there, it's uh, Bunker to France. Am I over here? I guess I am. Yeah, you are. Okay. I wasn't sure. It's good to be somewhere. Hey, this is such a beautiful day. This is one of the prettiest days all summer. I know. This this is great. We've got got thunder showers and and all kinds of neat stuff going on here. Perfect show uh, to to sit back, turn on the radio, and just listen to your favorite old-time cowboy. There you go. And that would be you. Me? Well, you're older than I am. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Older than dirt. Uh, Cabin boy on on Noah's Ark. (laughs) You know, Sam Elliott is younger than you. I didn't know that. Sam Elliott's younger than I am? Yeah, he had a birthday this past week. Well, that... You got a young whippersnapper. I know. Hell, you know, it's just Sam Elliott here, you know. I, mean, I wish Bunker would have a birthday, you know. <laughs> Sam, will you speak up, darn it? I can't understand you. Sound a bit like Don Collier there for a minute. <laughs> Collier? What do you mean calling Don Collier sounding like Sam Elliott? <laughs> oh, darn it, Harry. You know better than that. All right, this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, it's a program. Many voices of the West. Yeah, many voices in, in our minds. Uh, it's a program about the Old West, uh, in case you haven't figured that out yet. And uh, by God, we love the Old West, and we that's do. why we do it. That's why we do this show. We're continuing on the legacy of our founder, Emil Franzi. And this show's been on the air, oh God, since I guess 2005, 2006. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, and as a podcast, we've had. And it's we're in spite well, of us, it's still on. I know. In, in podcast form, we are well over 100 episodes, and that's always a beautiful thing. Yes, it and, is. And uh, we thank our sponsors for helping us out with that Tucson Travis Club, Arizona Computer Guru, Imus Wilkinson Family uh, Investment Planners. Who else do we have here? Uh, we have Paul Ash Management, which, by the way, we are broadcasting from the very fine Paul Ash the Studios. Paul Ash uh, Sound Stage. Yep. And uh, <laughs> the Horsing Around Rescue Group down in uh, in the Hereford area there, Steve Boyce and his crew uh, rescuing all those equines. Uh, who else do we have? Well, that's about it. That's uh, for our sponsors. So we've got room for more if you want to oh, join us. We've got lots of room for more sponsors if uh, folks want to join us. And uh, today's program is going to be... Well, we're going to do a, a, a tribute to old-time radio programs, the, uh, the Western radio programs, and uh, there's bunches of them. Uh, you might not think so, but there there are bunches of them out there. There's almost as many of them as there are wild horses. Well, there you go. And uh, we're not obviously going to get to be able to get to all of them, but uh, we're going to do our damnedest to get to a bunch of them. Mangle as many as we can. You can follow us uh, uh, at our website, VoicesOfTheWest.net. It's a live stream until 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can uh, wait for the podcast to come out, and that'll be on VoicesOfTheWest.net in the podcast section. Or you can find us at Spotify.com, RedCircle.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, bunches of other yeah, places. There's a couple more. I know. I don't yeah. can't think of either. Right I mean, wherever you find We're your there. Wherever, just look. Yeah, wherever you find your your favorite podcasts, that's where you'll find us as well. And but that sounds almost western, doesn't it? Though, and uh, uh, we've got our Facebook uh, page that uh, I'm usually watching. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash Voices of the West. And then, of course, if you'd like to participate in our program, today, yes. The telephones are open, 844-908-WEST, 844-908-9378. If you'd like to uh, throw in uh, however you'd like on uh, on Old West radio programs. So. You know, I want to throw in my <clears throat> two cents worth on that. I have never talked to anybody that likes radio or, or in our age range, doesn't have a favorite old-time radio western mm-hmm. that they listen to that they mm-hmm. they would not miss. So I'm challenging you to give us, call us up, maybe stump us on one or or give us one that we didn't come across because Terry and I, we did a bunch of work on this just so we can make you folks happy. Well, we're going to start with the uh, the 19... 19- 
tell them how to email us. And oh, voicesofthewest at gmail.com is our email address. 844-908-WEST is the phone number. Uh, post something on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash voicesofthewest. Um, we're going to start with some of the programs that may not uh, have... May surprise you. May surprise you. May not have uh, uh, struck your radar in some fashion or whatever, but uh, they, they still well, you know, they still require uh, uh, being talked about, and uh, these are not in any specific order here. You know, I want to just mention too, because yeah. you know this is one of the things back in the early days of radio, we didn't we had like NBC, MB, what, NBS, mutual NBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, but they were mutual broadcast. The ABC Blue and the ABC Red. Well, NBC later, Blue and yeah. later well, you know, But the thing I was, the point I was going to make is that they weren't coast to coast a lot of them back oh, then. Oh no, no. And so what you might hear, especially the West Coast, because of the of time difference, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the East Coast shows wouldn't play the West, or they would move to Chicago so they could play both. And a bunches of them were only on local stations. Yes. Granted, now these were. 50,000 watt powerhouses of the day, but still they were on a local station. And explain to folks about transcription because that's how an awful lot of these were heard. Uh, you've got me on the spot there, my oh, friend. Oh, well, you know, it's okay. You want me to do it? Yeah, then? why not? Okay, no, transcri- and I'll add to it. <laughs> yeah, then you can correct me because you know this. We were talking about this. Yes, we but were. transcription is where they would make these great big discs. Just like a, just like your record, it's making a record. It was like it was making a record. They were vinyl, but the thing was that the audio quality was better than any of the your favorite records that you, but better than Bing Crosby's. If, for example, it would be like taking your favorite music file and popping it into uh, uh, onto your iPod, for example. Uh, I'll even date myself there, and, and uh, so then you've you've got it. You, there's no loss of transfer, and you can send it to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, no, no loss of transfer or any of that stuff. So uh, basically, that's that was that's one of the really m- not a media's way of moving media around. Yeah, but you know, you get a, a shipment of transcriptions in the mail mm-hmm. at your radio station, and that was your week's worth of programming. And it was also like the early days of television. They would, you know, because these little towns didn't. Oh, no. have have any feeds from any big networks or stations? No, and they would just they'd get a box load of tapes uh, or video film. Tapes. Yeah, uh, I worked at a television station uh, many many years ago that uh, we had a film chain, and basically it was two projectors that would start uh, <laughs> whenever they were supposed to, and usually when they weren't supposed to. Uh, <laughs> and you know, so we get the programs from. This was when I was overseas. Oh, we get the programs from the United States on on film, on Armed Forces Radio uh-huh. and TV, yeah. and, and we run them back for the troops that way. And uh, I do recall a the wonderful world of Disney arriving one time, and uh, we put it up onto the film chain. I had it uh, all threaded and ready to go, and it fired away, and. My new wife decided to come down to the TV station and and says, well, no one's going to notice if we leave and go go get some dinner. (laughs) So, well, okay. We got 30 minutes. Yeah. It's supposed to start on its own. There was a little sensor sensor tape that was on the on the reel. And it would trigger the next projector. Well, it, it did trigger the next projector, but the other projector didn't take the the projector did not take up the film as it was supposed to. So when we got back to the uh, studio, um, there is miles of film all over the studio floor, <laughs> and that took me a good part of the shift to clean it up. And thankfully, nobody else had the knew the wiser. Well, you know, now, you know, Harry, I must have listened to some of your old time shows or something because <laughs> I can remember watching a show. You know, and you you know how the reels would change. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden, you're in the first reel, then you're then in the you're fifth the third, reel, yep. then you're in the third reel, oh, and then I the second that. reel. I used to hate that. And audio tapes could be that way, too, uh, from time to time. But let's get to these yes. programs. Uh, I want to start with one here called Mesa Memories. It was a pre-war syndication. It was a sound picture of the Arizona outback woven by a group of old cowboys sitting around the fire, drinking coffee, eating beans, and spinning yarns. 
and somehow they did manage to get in a political message as well. Kind of sounds like this program, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our forerunner. Uh, another one called The Seal of the Dawn. This is from 1933. Oh. It was syndicated for Hancock Oil of California. It was set in the old Spanish mission days of Los Angeles, and it's reminiscent of the Zorro stories because the hero, Don Hancock, has to deal with corrupt Spanish officials who run old California for their Mexican overlords. Oh, uh, overlords. Yeah. Then we had uh, the National Radio Theater. This was broadcast on WFMT Chicago in 1981. Okay. The Outcasts of Poker Flat. It was oh, a retelling yeah. of Bret Hart's classic story of a small town determined to stop its oral decline, and the Vigilante Commission drives out all the gamblers and sporting women. They're sporting, sporting women, yeah. Sporting, I don't think I've ever heard them called that. Uh, another one, The Law West of the Pecos, 1944. Walter Brennan stars as oh, Judge yeah. Roy Bean. And, uh, I remember that one. Andy Devine appears as a cowhand named Buck Taylor. Buck Taylor. Capture of Lizzie Stone, Ginger Rogers, stars in this 1940 uh, program. Uh, she's a pretty but tough lady outlaw whose gang terrorized the Old West. And sidekick Barton Yarborough comes into camp to hand out the latest wanted poster. Lizzie has the hots for the new deputy marshal, so plans to break up the gang and go straight. Oh, no, love always rears its ugly head in the West. Yeah, Rin Tin Tin, known oh, mainly yeah. for the films and TV shows, but that famous dog also starred in a radio program, and uh, there, these, some of these are some rather rare, rare episodes. I you would, know, Rin Tin Tin, not only but in the movies, was the biggest star in the world at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger than any of the people. Mm-hmm. Saunders of the Circle X. Uh, this orphan broadcast is a Where rootin' tootin' western these, serial Harry? yarn. Oh, I've got my sources. Uh, <laughs> Bill has the showdown with sne- sneaky Mr. Dinnell about his illegal dam. Another one called Silver Eagle, Mounties, Engines, and High Adventure. Combination that's hard to beat when uh, it comes to action-packed radio. And that's the beautiful thing yeah. about radio. Radio is the theater of the, the mind. mind yes. And, and the, with a mind like mine. Well, it goes everywhere. But the, 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 um, the sound effects people who worked the sound effects machines, oh, yeah. and, and actually they made their own sound effects frequently. There was a section off the stage. And, well, that's and, not horses, that's coconuts. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, thunder was usually a, a piece of metal yeah, that was whacked. And it would well, I've got thing. a few here. All right, you go for it. And then move we'll, move into the, we'll move into the master list here. Oh, this is, this, is, this is going to start light and get lighter probably. Okay. I'm going to start with the Black Bandit, and this was very hard to find anything at all about. It was a Sunset Carson. Uh, all I could find really is that you can still get it. Mm-hmm. It's out there, mm-hmm. if you look for it, in a six-track vinyl record. Mm. Uh, I really know no more about that other than his horse was Cactus. Mm-hmm. And... Just a side note, uh, Sunset was awarded a Golden Boot Award in 1983, which among the uh, movie cowboy people is about as high an award as you can get. Yeah. It's hey, like an Academy Award or something. We are talking about Western radio shows from days gone by here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, 844-908-9378, 844-908-WEST is the number to call if you'd like to uh, join us in this conversation. Mention your favorite radio program if you want, and uh, maybe you got some others that we're not quite familiar with. I've already heard a couple that I hadn't familiarized Mm -hmm. myself. Okay, we got, this is one most people should remember, Bobby Benson and the B-Bar B-Riders. It ran from 1932 to 1936, went off the air, came back in 1949, ran until 1955. It was created by Herb Rue. Uh, an early, in fact, the early version predates the Lone Ranger. Wow. Uh, the later version was on MBS and, and Armed Forces radios. Uh, in the later versions, this is interesting, the sidekick Wendy was played by Don Knotts. <laughs> and he looked just, I saw a picture, and, you know, he looked just exactly like he did in Andy and Mayberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Don Knotts, it, it, that's something a lot of folks didn't, may not realize that a lot of the actors and actresses that we see on the tube today uh, oh, yeah. were 
big time radio stars. And we'll reveal a few of those you as we go along. That we Let's see what else have we got here. Well, Bobby Benson, he uh, he was a ra- he's a kid, but yeah. he's the ranch owner. He's Tex tw- Mason, 12, twelve years old. He gets the ranch after following his parents' death. Yeah, and Tex Mason was his foreman. Who they go around uh, solving. Uh, Crimes mm-hmm. and whatnot. His uh, Bobby's horse was a meagle, a golden palomino. Now that's really interesting because on radio, yeah, I you got to yeah. visualize a golden right, palomino. Right. Well, and I, when you say golden palomino, uh, that kind of does the trick right there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is one of the interesting things. This was a cereal, cereal. Yes. Because it was sponsored by a cereal, cereal company. company. You know, many of these were written uh, for the juveniles, mm, yeah. many, many of these programs. But and, they'd crossed over. But they'd crossed over. There were some westerns that premiered that were meant to be adult only. Yeah, later on. And we will get to those but you later know, on. later on. But first, we have to do our very first commercial break Let's here. Do that. And by the way, I got. I need to tell you that uh, coming up at six p.m. Mountain yes. Standard Time every Saturday is the Old Time Radio Theater Hour uh, here on VOW Radio, and uh, we've got uh, the Adventures of the Cisco Kid along with Tales of the Texas Rangers. So those are beco- those will be coming up at uh, episodes at six p.m. Mountain Standard Time on VOW Radio, sir. And we might mention, and I, you can you can make it clearer, but we have also old time cowboy comic books. We do on, and how would they look one of those up? All yeah, all you have to do is go to voicesofthewest.net. You will see a tab up there that says uh, media on the very top, and you punch that tab. Well, click that tab. Don't punch your computer screen. Uh, <laughs> click that tab and uh, drop down and it'll show <laughs> Bunker's fighting in here. It'll show you the uh, what's available for media and uh, that would be uh, the podcast. It would be our uh, old uh, western comics and uh, some old western movies. Uh, yes. I got some Buck Jones Something up there. Something to entertain you. Yeah, hey man, it's entertainment. The, the old comics now, these are some of the best, and uh, yet I'm really enjoying reading those. I do too. And they are just such a gas. Anywho, we will be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very important messages. Do not, I repeat, do not go away. <laughs> Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777 1911. Hello, 
Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubbs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, and that's a wrap. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. Cisco, the sheriff, he's getting closer. This way, Pancho Paolo. The Cisco Kid. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Oh, wow. That's win. That's win. Wow. What a great... I mean, you know, listening to these... Just the opens oh, yeah. of these programs is... The elaborate setup that they would give It is such a gas to listen to. And again, the sound effects people are just absolutely incredible. Well, we got... We got the Cisco Kid. Let's talk about that. It's a, he's, he's a fictional character found in numerous film, radio, television, comic books, based on the fictional character created by O. Henry in his 1907 short story, The Caballeros Way. It was published in the collection of Heart of the West, as well in as well as in Everybody's Magazine, Volume 17, from July 1907. In films, radio, and television, the Kid was depicted as a heroic Mexican caballero. It was also referenced in the popular 1977 TV show, Chips. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the first Academy Award winner in old Arizona. Yeah. he, uh, The Cisco Kid came to radio October 2, 1942. Uh, Jackson Beck in the title role and Louis Soren as Pancho. Vicky Vola and Berna Rayburn in supporting roles. Michael Rye announcing this weekly series. It continued on Mutual from February 14, 19, uh, until February 14, 1945. And then it was followed by a thrice weekly series on a Mutual Don Lee regional network in 1946. Mm-hmm. And that starred Jack Mather and Harry Lang. And they continued to head the cast in the syndicated radio series of more than 600 episodes from 1947 to 1956. Yeah, I guess it was only on Mutual for about a year, wasn't it? Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's, 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 they moved it's, around. it's important to understand how radio networks worked back in those days. Yeah. They, they weren't big-time conglomerates. Um, you had first off you you had CBS radio, you had NBC radio, then you had Mutual, the Mutual mm-hmm. Broadcasting System, which is mostly in the West, right? And then you had you had NBC uh, Blue, and you had, had NBC Red, and Don Lee, and Don Lee, which was actually lasted longer than most of them, and he was part of Mutual, yeah. the A- NBC Red Network became ABC. <laughs> I think that's right. Commies. And, yeah. And uh, so as far as radio, uh, ABC radio doing series, they didn't do a whole lot. But the main, the bulk of them were, were on NBC, Mutual, and CBS. And uh, so that, that, that's, that's how the radio networks just, worked way back when. One of the interesting quirks, and it isn't, it isn't universal, but so many of them were sponsored by either bread companies or cereal, cereal companies mm-hmm. until the adult ones come along and then mm-hmm. the cigarette companies came in. Yeah. There's another one. Did you have anything else you wanted to throw well, in yeah, about? Yeah, I want uh, to talk about this one. and The Cavalcade of America, that was go. an anthology. Yep. And they did a partic- one episode in particular I want to showcase, and that's Kansas Marshall. It aired in March 31st of 1947. It was a half-hour show by NBC, sponsored by DuPont. And what makes this show really interesting is Henry Fonda plays Wyatt Earp. Mm -hmm. 
John McIntyre's on there, and then the the uh, usual uh, conglomerate of radio artists that was always on those shows. And then let's move on to this is one of my favorites as a kid. I really love this one, Challenge of the Yukon. Yep. It was. Uh, let's see. What was it? Let me see here. So this it's is in the partic- 1930s. Yeah, I, I got a little information about a particular episode. It aired on December 23rd of 49. It was by NBC, Quaker Puff, uh, Wheat and Rice. Mm-hmm. But the synopsis or the plot line, and I guess because I think this is so neat, owner of Nicholas Mining Company is unforgiving with Chief Clerk takes money to buy medicine for young daughter. Okay. And, that's, and then uh, later on, another episode, which was Adventures in Selkirk, the two criminals, Rob Selkirk, bake and escape on barge heading upriver. You know, it's just like, this, the synopsis is alone. It's like reading the old TV guides, know. you know. I misspoke earlier about uh, the red and blue networks of uh, NBC. Did. I did. The blue network became ABC, not the red network. Okay. Uh, and, and how I figured that out here, well, what, what? corrected me was the uh, uh, program that I want to talk about next is Death Valley Days. Oh, uh, yes. Broadcast on the blue network, ABC, CBS, and NBC from September 30, 19. 19- 1930 to September 14, 1951. It was one of radio's earliest and longest-lasting programs. And, and when it moved to TV, it was the second longest after Gunsmith. That is correct. Yeah. And uh, beginning in uh, 1944, the show was renamed Death Valley Sheriff. And in June 1945, it simply became The Sheriff. And um, it dramatized pioneer life in the United States. And the program has been described as the most successful of the early Western dramas. It was said to present true stories of the Old West, with CBS asserting that because of its reputation for accuracy in broadcasting the dramatic history of the development of the West, Death Valley Days was recommended by teachers to their students wherever it was heard to supplement their studies at school. That's pretty, pretty good. doggone Well, you know, good. one of the things, too, I can't remember her name, but this was actually all created by a, a lady who was fascinated with the Old West. Mm-hmm. And one of the most unique things, I think, about the show that really makes it stand out is it had the same sponsor from radio to television, uh, 20 Mule Team Borax. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be the only show in t- history that's, you know, that land that long, it only wow. had one sponsor. Wow. And a fellow named Jack McBride was the old ranger on the radio version. Mm-hmm. 844-908-WEST, if you'd like to get involved in our conversation here about old-time radio westerns, 844-908-9378. Phone lines are open if you'd like to make that uh, call and shoot the breeze with us here and, uh, you know, talk about what you might have thought was one of yeah. one of your favorites uh, radio programs from uh, yesteryear. Yeah, you know, it's what's neat, too, is you come across these names of the people that played them, and they're not familiar like the television names or mm-hmm. the movie names, but when you get the, you start going through this and you see the same names uh-huh. over and over and over, you realize how talented these guys were. Exactly. Another program that came out in 1933 was The Lone Ranger. Oh, yes. Yeah, and... Uh, it's been called an enduring icon of American culture. The uh, show first appeared in 1933 uh, in a radio show uh, conceived either by WXYZ radio station owner George W. Trendle, WXYZ in Detroit, or by Fran Stryker, the show's writer. Creator um, of Lone Ranger. Well, yeah, it, hard to say. I mean, the both uh, are saying... They did that, you know, and and uh, it was a hit, obviously. Well, what happened? He was doing. He was. Uh, Fran was writing another show, and they came to him and they said, "We want to create a new show." Mm-hmm. And this was the creation. And uh, it ran for a long time on radio. Uh, spawned a television. Nine hundred and fifty-six episodes. Yep. Spawned a TV show, of course, and uh, uh, title character was played on the radio show by George Seaton. Earl and Earl Gracer and Bruce Beamer. 
So, uh, and of course, Clayton Moore was yeah, the George Lone Ranger Friedel on TV. Was the first one. Mm-hmm. He, about a little bit halfway through the season, was killed in a car wreck. And at that time, uh, George Stennis, or Seton, he took over. And then Earl Granger took over from him, and then Bruce Beamer, who wrote it out to the end. We talked about um, the Adventures of Champion, did we not? Or well, let's we just, were doing that on, before we went to air. There's one other thing, too. We talked about <clears throat> John Todd yeah. played Tonto, and he came along at, at the, I believe it was around the 11th episode, and played Tonto for every episode from yeah. now on. He was more consistent than the Lone Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, moving on to the Adventures of Champion, um, this is probably one of the the only or one of the very very few uh, radio programs that was about a horse, Mr. Ed. <laughs> Champion no. didn't talk to. I know Cha- Champion. That was uh, for those who don't know Gene Autry's horse. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, because you mentioned Ren Tim Tan, and. I know, I know. Like Trigger was very popular in the comic books, but so was Champion. Had his yeah. own comic book, had his own TV series. He did, and uh, uh, it was a 15-minute broadcast that ran weekday afternoons on the Mutual Broadcasting System in 1949 and 1950. It focused on the tales of 12-year-old Ricky West, who's raised in the wilderness by his adopted uncle Sandy and his German Shepherd named Rebel. Champion was depicted as a wild horse who let only Ricky ride him. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, stories ran in five installments each, beginning on Monday and ending on Friday. It was a spinoff from Gene Autry's Melody Ranch, a very popular I CBS Radio Network Sunday afternoon program. This would be a good time to explain, too, because I didn't realize, because I was listen, looking stuff up and seeing 15-minute programs, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, they must really condense the story. But an awful lot of them were three-parters, yeah. which ended up giving them a 45-minute as right. opposed to a half-hour. So they were more extended stories. For example, with the Champion program, yeah. that same same thing there, you know, and and that's that's you get you, you listen the it, next day too. It, that's what it's supposed to do, just like the cliffhangers mm-hmm. of the bees, uh, the old bees, and, and the cliffhanger serials. It was to get you to watch it again and, and make sure you were in the theater or. Plump down to your uh, next to your radio, listening to the uh, the program when it came on. Hey, we got to do another break here, um, and then we're going to come back with many more of our (laughs) old time radio programs here. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, and uh, it's Saturday, August the third, August the tenth, rather. Uh, that was of, last week. I uh, know. Of 2019. I think I got the year right. <laughs> um, year? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, we are broadcasting, and if you'd like to get yourself involved in our conversation, easy to do. All you have to do is dial 844-908-WEST. 844-908-9378. We'll be back with much more of old-time radio right here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Fort Laramie. Franzi's Voices of the West will be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com. 
and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Where are you heading for, Gabby? Taking some mail to Carol Stevens. Carol Stevens? Yeah. She's been up to her mind for a week. I'm scared she's going to close it down. I'm just the guy to deliver that mail. You'll never get there in this old sewing machine, Gabby. I got them letters right here in my pocket. And they ain't none of you farmers man enough to take them away from me. Is that so? Well, hand over that mail. This is an outrage. A dead-burned outrage. Welcome back to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. We are back on a Sunday. Hey, Bernard, you're here. You didn't tell me you, you're going to use one of my old clips here. Well, dang, I get, I, do I get a royalty or residual or something like that? <laughs> dang, Bernard, I want my money. Bring your teeth around. We'll find something for them. <laughs> And, of course, the High Chaparral theme in there. And that's not a radio show, but i got to play it because DeFrance was on 52 of them. And, well, that's there you right. go. I get petulant. There, no he way. does. Fort Laramie is what we went into yeah. uh, before the break there. And uh, we want to talk about Fort Laramie. Yes, we do. It was a CBS Radio Western series starring Raymond Burr as yeah. Captain Lee Quince. Aired Sundays uh, from January through October 1956 at 5.30 Eastern Time. This is great. It was produced and directed by Norman McDonnell, and we know that name from a lot of places, Gunsmoke being one of them. Uh, It depicted life at old Fort Laramie during the 19th century. 41 episodes starred Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, captain of the cavalry, and uh, a year later, Raymond left because he became Perry Mason. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is because this is a good example. I mentioned earlier that all of the um, people that appeared on these shows, Virginia Gregg worked it. Mm-hmm. And this is the workingest woman in the West that got to be. Yeah. Uh, John Daner, who was definitely oh, yeah. one of the workingest guys in radio and television. And one guy I want to point out, Jack Moyles, who played Major Daggle, and when you start going through these, he's on almost every show, too. This guy was, like, everywhere. Harry Bartell is another one. Yeah. Uh, played Lieutenant Sieberts. Uh, Howard McNear as Pliny the Fort Sutler. Howard McNear, you know him as Doc from the uh, uh, Gunsmoke radio program, as well as Howard the Barber. Yes. Uh, or uh, Yeah, is that the name? Uh, I have some no, more Floyd, stuff Floyd, on the, him Floyd the Barber. On, yeah. And Parley Bear was in there, too. Uh, so well, many of the scripts written by John Meston, Kathleen Height, and Les Crutchfield, and John Dunkel, all of Gunsmoke fame. I'm going to point out one now, just just for because it's just one of the unique things about it, which applies to all of them really. Doctor Six Gun, mm-hmm. and it was 
I caught it was a kid on rebroadcast, which is when we talk about the dates that these shows ran, mm-hmm. sometimes 10 years after they went off the air, yes. they would surface in a small town somewhere, yes. and they would run again. It was uh, Carl Weber played Dr. Gray Matson. William Griffith was Pablo, and then, of course, Billy Gray, Arnold Robinson, Ralph Bell, William Keene. And it was, you know, it was an interesting show. Again, it kind of, and kind of like the Rex Allen TV show mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to move to the granddaddy of them all here? What's that? Well, I guess not, maybe not the granddaddy, but uh, certainly one of the best. Not Doc Adams. No, the best. Gunsmoke. Oh, well, that's Doc Adams, then, yeah. Well, that's got, yeah. You want to move into Gunsmoke? Or yeah, you let's, to... yeah, let's go, let's move into Gunsmoke. Uh, we have enough material that we can do this, yeah. do another show on this whenever we yeah. so well, desire. You, we should mention this one because I was just talking about him, John Daner. Yep. Frontier Gentleman. Yes, he he uh, was in that. Uh, he... J.B. Kendall, a reporter from London, yeah. who comes out to become a, comes out west to cover our our frontier for the English and becomes a pistolero. This this was this was considered to be one of the several adult westerns yes. uh, of the time along with Luke Slaughter of Tombstone and uh, they appeared on radio and TV in the early 50s. It was described as grittier, more realistic and clearly intended for an older audience. Adult westerns were less the were less the descendants of their juvenile predecessors than they were cousins of western feature films such as Shane and High Noon. And one of the interesting things is this one this is one of the westerns that still gets rebroadcast a yeah. lot even today. Yeah. Uh, just an interesting thing. Again, uh, Virginia Gray was on there quite often. Jack Crutchin, the, the old character actor, he, mm-hmm. he appeared on them. Charlie Lang, Lung. It's just it was a good. I love I love listening to it because for a couple of years back we had old time radio here in Tucson. Yeah, and I really loved listening to that one. Oh, uh, there was an oh have gun since we were talking about Danner, uh, move into have gun will travel. Oh, okay, that's a uh, good one to talk about. And th- th- this this is an interesting one because this the the program was on television before it was right. on radio, and uh, it was broadcast on CBS. Uh, both TV and radio, from 57 through 63. The television series uh, was rated number three or four, and then Nielsen's uh, every year of its first four seasons, and one of the few shows in TV history to spawn a successful radio version. <clears throat> that uh, series debuted November 23, 1958, more than a year after the premiere of the televised counterpart. It was created by Sam Rolfe and Herb Meadows, produced by Frank Pearson, Don Ingalls, Robert Sparks, Julian uh, Clayman. Of the 225 episodes uh, of the television series, 24 were written by Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Well, you know, here's an interesting thing. Again, Virginia Gregg carried over from... uh, She played Hey Girl. And also Ben Wright was a carryover. He played played uh, Hey Boy. Boy. Actually, she played Miss Wong. Yeah, uh, yeah, there wasn't a Hey Girl. It was Miss Wong. Hey Girl came later from the TV. yeah. And uh, of course, uh, Daner uh, playing the and part. John, Jack Moyles again was yeah. Uh, uh, Daner playing the part of Paladin. You know, I think it was cast very, very good. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, geez, uh, John Daner. He has rapidly become one of my favorite. Uh, I don't know, call him character actor, but. Uh, Certainly, well, you actor. Know, you know, it's an interesting too. I've, I've uh, changing channels and murder. She wrote, which is uh, to me has always been an interesting show, kind of different. But here was an episode. This was John, you know, John Daner at at his most mature, mm-hmm. you know, our age and plus, mm-hmm. and still just as sharp as a tack. I saw John Anderson on an episode of Star Trek. And, yes. Uh, and, oh, he was good. And he uh, again the m- mature, uh, and yeah, he was doggone good. Uh, yeah, this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We're talking about old Western radio programs. Bunker to France and Harry Alexander with you eight four four nine zero eight nine three seven eight. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, eight four four nine zero eight West. 
How about we talk about the next one here called uh, Luke's Slaughter of Tombstone? And I think I have... I I I got him here somewhere. Where have I got him? I thought I had him listed in here. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I don't have him there. Yes, I do. Here we go. Here's Luke Slaughter. Okay, that was a CBS show. The sponsor was was actually participating. To explain that means that different... Different sponsors would come on from time to time. It wasn't always the same one. Sam Buffington played Luke Slaughter. Julius Matthews was Wichita. Joe DeSantis, who uh, became a quite active character actor in the television. Jack Moyles again, Barney Phillips. And Luke was a Civil War cavalryman turned Arizona cow, uh, cattleman. I have a feeling this may have been kind of a spinoff of... Uh, John Slaughter, you know. Just here, here, here's the uh, here's the opening theme to to that. Slaughter's one. my name, Luke Slaughter. Cattle's my business. It's a tough business. It's a big business. <laughs> big business. I got a big stake in it. Big stake. There's stake. no man west of the Rio Grande big enough to take it from me. He sounds tough. No man's big enough. Sounds like John Wayne in Red River. Now, if you've ever seen Sam Buffington on film or on television... Luke Slaughter of he, Tombstone. He, he is not what... Uh, <laughs> he, he is not... He does not look like he sounds... Uh, you know, kind of like... Kind of a balding character. Uh, eh, maybe a bit overweight. Uh, he, he played the chief... Uh, uh, of the uh, police force, I guess, in um, Whispering Smith, the TV yeah. program with Audie Murphy. Well, you know, it, it's it's, it's kind of like uh, William Conrad is with Matt Dillon, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, let's just do this real quick because it would, we would be remiss if we didn't mention this. Okay, go ahead. Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. Oh, by golly, yes. You, know, you got that on next? Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, okay, because announce- the announcer was Charlie Lyons. Of course, it was Gene Autry, Pat Buttram, the Cass, uh, County Boys, Johnny Bond, the Pinafores, which was a great group of lady singers, Carl Corton and his uh, orchestra. And what they would do primarily is... They would do two or three songs, then uh, Pat would do a, a couple of jokes or something, and then they would do a little short story mm-hmm. because they had to get back to the ranch. Mm-hmm. Now. All right. Uh, this this will work perfectly because we are going to be going into our next commercial break here very shortly. So I'm going to tell you about Hopalong Cassidy. Oh, Hoppy. features the character Hopalong Cassidy, created by writer Clarence E. Mulford, and it was was syndicated via electrical transcription. And that was uh, starting in 48 and continuing into 1950. Uh, It was on the Mutual Broadcasting System uh, January 1 of 1950. It ended on CBS December 27 of 1952. It was classified both as a juvenile adventure program and a western adventure drama. Uh, As was true of the movies and TV programs featuring Hopalong, the character was much more civilized than the rough-cut character portrayed in the novels by Mulford. Uh, I like the novel. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I like the revised Cassidy was described by radio historian John Dunning as a knight of the range, a man of morals. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, Didn't smoke, chew, or, <laughs> no, or gamble. Well, there's one There's one hoppy movie where he throws all that aside and be, is the bad guy. Yeah. And you can see, and it, it pains him to uh, tell the little the little buckaroo off when bu- little buckaroo's trying to save yeah. Hoppy. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny because this is it's very subtle, but Hoppy actually had a few romances in the movies. He did, yes. Which was unusual. Very unusual. Well, it was uh, the, the 1949 issue of Broadcasting Yearbook proclaimed, this is an ad here, 13 years of motion picture popularity behind it. No other radio series can make this claim. An action-packed film trailer will be shown in over 10,000 theaters. Announcing the radio series, Hopalong Cassidy comes to radio with a fabulous following, a ready-made audience for sponsors. I love the ad. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, 
We need to do the uh, commercial break. And we'll do that and be right back after these very important messages. It's Hopalong Cassidy. With action and suspense out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The jingle of the silver spurs heralds that fabulous figure of the early West, Hopalong Cassidy. The same Hoppy you cheer in motion pictures with the same California you've laughed at a hundred times in your local theater. Emil Franzing's Voices of the West will be right back. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. B.O.W. Radio. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France. We're talking about old-time radio theater and uh, Tales of the Texas Rangers there, Joel McRae. That is coming up tonight at 6 p.m. here on uh, the VOW Radio. Yeah, you know what the theme song for the Tales of the Texas Rangers was? It was, uh, yes, I do, and you're going to tell me. I know you the are. eyes of Texas are upon you. That's right, and I it, mean, it, that is the, theme, the official theme of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, and one of the interesting things with the producer-director on that was Stacy Keach, the father of Stacy Keach Sr. Yes, and uh, uh, that is pretty good, too. I, I, yeah. Pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right, we wanted to talk about, um, before we get lose our place here, Six Shooter. A uh, weekly old-time radio program yeah. here in the U.S. created by Frank Burt. Wrote many of the episodes that only lasted one season of 39 episodes on NBC from June of 53 to June of 54. And created um, by uh, Frank Burt, who also mm-hmm. uh, directed and did the scripts. It starred James Stewart as uh, Britt Ponsett, a drifting cowboy in the final years of the Wild West. Episodes range from straight Western drama to whimsical comedy. One of the trademarks of the show was Stewart's use of whispered narration during tense scenes that created a heightened sense of drama and relief when the situation was resolved. Now, I don't have all of the episodes, but I've got most of them. Yeah. And uh, I, I intend well, his to, horse's name was Scar. And, yeah, was I, I intend to run these, run these uh, in, in our Western theater uh, block. Um, some of the uh, actors to perform on the program were Parley Bear, Virginia Gregg, Harry Bartell, Howard McNear, Jeanette Nolan, Dan O'Herlihy, Alan Reed, Marvin Miller, and Bill Conrad. And you know, this is interesting. Yes, sir. Bill Conrad. Yes, sir. He was often uh, credited as Julius 
Krell Boyne. <laughs> and that was because Gunsmoke was running at yeah. the same time. Yeah. But he also also did in other shows that during the period he would do yeah. the Julius credit. Now, the program was adapted for television in 1957 with John Payne as the star. And uh, they called it the, the Six Shooter at that point. It, the pilot episode was titled The Restless Gun. And uh, John Payne, who'd go on to star in the series, played the lead character, Britt Ponsett. By time the series, uh, but by the time the series, also called The Restless Gun, debuted the following fall, the main character's name had been changed to Vint Bonner, mm-hmm. uh, which is a... Well, this is interesting. The, the uh, opening, which we played a couple, the man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is steel gray and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle, unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. Now, there's an alternative thing in there. The gun has killed, and the man has killed. And here's the opening scene. James Stewart as the six-shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. The handle unmarked. But the gun has killed and the man has killed. People call them both the six-shooter. You know, Harry, I should have done it the way he did it. favorite stars, Mr. James yes. Stewart as the six-shooter. You know, a, a, again, radio is theater of the mind, it and is, just certainly. that description uh, <laughs> of the opening there from the six shooter, you can pretty much tell what in the world is going on. Here's another one I got an opening to called Red Horse Ranch. Oh. Life on the Red Horse Ranch. Yep, that's life on the red horse ranch. You know, that that is a perfect (laughs) example because I wanted to to say something along that line. You notice the organ in there. Yeah. The organ was heavily used by all of these yes. things. And one of the reasons is because they could also do sound effects with the yes, organ. Yes, they could. And uh, any good organist could do that. And, uh, you know, it it just, I wish Camarado was here that he could fully explain this better. But We should get, we should do this again and have Camarado yeah, down here but, with but us. But the, 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 the organ, it, it can... Be melancholy. It can be excited. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, yeah, it's the perfect instrument for that. Then, now, I want to do the very last theme that we have time for here. Okay, yeah, And it. that would be this. Just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. <laughs> oh, perfect. This is so cool because I've got some stuff on gun smoke here that's kind of neat. Well, you got about a minute to wrap well, it all in. I'll there. just I'll do the I'll do the lightweight stuff. All right. Okay. Howard Culver, the fellow who played Straight Arrow, he auditioned, or actually he didn't audition, he did a, I did audition and did a version for Gunsmoke mm-hmm. uh, that was done in, what year is it, in, I got the year here, oh yeah, in uh, July 15th, 1945, and he played the part of Marshal Mark Dillon. Mm-hmm. Well, following a couple years later in 1952, a, a gentleman named William Conrad was a gentleman named Matt Dillon. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And 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 uh, 
Conrad was not chosen. Well, there was worry about choosing Conrad to play the part of Matt Dillon on television uh, because of his obesity. But uh, you know, hey, that's all history now. We know yeah. that. Uh, hey, Jim you know Arnaz that he it. was he was a decorated fighter pilot. Yes, I do. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I know. Hey, we're out of time. Uh, unfortunately, but we've got much more stuff that we can do this again. Stacks and stacks. Stacks and stacks of the big black wax. Uh, that's <laughs> that's, uh, an, old that's radio an old radio. Thing. Yeah, Harry. Right. Harry, that's cool. We are done. Uh, thanks for listening to Abel Francis' yeah, Voices of the West. We will be back next Saturday. And we've got a guest all the way from Scotland. You'll just have to tune oh, in. Oh, we do. Who to, we you, you'll you just have, have to tune in, in to find out about that I one. I do. We'll see you then. So long. Adios. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.